Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Midland in the house. On a adjust Monday. the chair. You okay? Yeah, I had to adjust the chair. A little battle with the chair. We got a low rider back here. You know, sometimes it gets a little too low. <laughs> My favorite part is when your mic shuts off randomly and you're struggling with your chair. You're just so frustrated. <laughs> just frustrated <laughs> back there. Uh, we have a show that is chock full of guests because it's college baseball and tennis season. At least that's what I'm obsessed with these days. This is what I'm always obsessed with come this time. Once the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals hit, college baseball and tennis, we will talk to Dan Weston on tennis. We'll talk to our own Zachary Cohen for the first time on tennis. He does stuff for the Tennis Channel and all kinds of uh, tennis outlets. His thoughts on the French Open. We'll talk college baseball. Wow, what a weekend of regionals in college baseball. We have but a couple teams remaining of our future plays, but one of them is uh, is a tidy, nice price. Uh, that's coming up. We'll talk college hoops. But, of course, we'll talk NBA here momentarily. Andy McNeil on the Stanley Cup Finals. Wes Reynolds on golf. Did you have Victor Hovland, Kelly? Kelly did not have Victor Hovland, ladies and gentlemen. He did not. Wes had Victor. Of course he did. Yeah. Two in a row for Wes. Wes Reynolds with another outright in golf. And Spanky joins us. I saved uh, the best for last. Spanky joins us uh, at the top of the hour, an hour from now, to talk Bet Bash 3 with us and a big announcement of one of the things going on at Bet Bash 3. For those who went to uh, the original Bet Bash, I did not, but to those who more succinctly went to Bet Bash 2, which was here in Vegas last year, when I say it's the greatest sports betting conference that has ever existed on God's green earth, I've attended them all apparently, Kelly, I would say confidently, yes, it was. Bet Bash 3 ought okay. to be even better than that. Let's start with the NBA Finals, though. Game number two last night, your brain is broken even further, Kelly. The Miami Heat even up the best of seven NBA Finals with the Denver Nuggets 111-108. to they went outright as eight-point dogs plus 290 on the pre-flop money line. Is this really going to happen? I mean, the macro question, which we'll ask at the end here, is was that game a portent of things to come, meaning that the Heat are going to are, are, are legit contenders to win this series? Or, and let's bookmark this, or was it a testament to how perfectly things need to go for the Heat for them to win a game in this series? Kevin Love replacing Caleb Martin in the starting lineup last night. Remember, 44% of Heat points scored in the playoffs prior to last night's game were all from undrafted players. Nuggets' first points of the game came, came 231 in after the Heat led 7-0. Heat led by as many as 11, 
21 to 10 in the first quarter, but uh, by the way, behind Max Struess is 12, four of seven from behind the arc. Remember, he was 0 of nine from behind the arc in game one. By the end of the quarter, the Heat were only up three, though, after the 11 point lead, 26 23. All changed when Bam went to the bench, and you're like, all right, well, here come the Nuggets, and the Nuggets came. Nuggets took their first lead at 27 to 26 with 11:04 left in the second quarter. They led by 10 less than two minutes later. Then they led by as many as 12, 44-32 with 7:49 left. It was a 27 to six run at that point, and the lead got to as high as 15. A 26 point turnaround from being down 11 to up 15 on a 40 to 14 run, and you're like, well, this is it. Once again, the Nuggets have taken the Heat's best punch, and this is just going to be a run-out series. Kelly, up 15. Did you sort of tune out a little bit mentally? Like, yeah, this is just going to be, we're just going to lollygag their way into the into the house for a 2 to nothing lead. Yeah, I, I, maybe, uh, I maybe started doing some work uh, while yeah. I had the game on. Well, yeah, me yeah. too. Which well, I haven't done much during NBA games. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the past few weeks, at least. But, oh, the Miami Heat did their thing. They went on an 8 to nothing run to cut it to 7. They got it down to as uh, few as 5. They trailed by 6 at the half. 57-51. Jokic was 13-4-3 at the half. Struess, 14 on 4 of 9 shooting. Miami was 8 of 17 from behind the arc in the first half. 47.1%. Denver was 7 of 16. 16 to 3 transition points advantage for Denver at the half. A 20 to 5. 20 to 5 bench points advantage. And then the third quarter happens. Miami ties it up at 64 and at 66. But an 18-point quarter for Jokic helps give Denver an eight-point lead by the end of that frame, 83 to 75. You're like, oh, well, they took, their, they took another Miami punch. The Miami Heat, ladies and gentlemen, just went off in the fourth quarter. Heat take 86-85 lead first. They're first since early in the second quarter, down 29-27. Then they led 88-85 behind Duncan Robinson's 10-point outburst. Of the first Miami 13, of the first 13 Miami points in the fourth quarter, they got it up to an 11 point lead, matching their biggest lead of the game, the Heat's biggest lead, at 104 93 with 453 left. So from up 11 to down 15 to back up 11. At this point in the quarter, seven plus minutes in, the Heat had missed a grand total of one shot in the fourth quarter. One. They got it to 12 at 107 95 on a Martin three, his first field goal of the game. That was their biggest lead of the game. But then the Nuggets cut it in half on a Gordon and Murray three, 107-101. Butler and Brown then trade buckets, but under two minutes left now. So it's a six-point game. Robinson misses a three. Then Murray hits a three to cut it to three with just over a minute left. 109-106, Adebayo fouled with 48.3 remaining. Makes both. Jokic scores with 35.6 left. Three-point game again. Butler misses a three. Denver with the ball. Chance to tie. Heat elect not to foul. Did you have a problem with that, Kelly? No. Did you have a problem with Denver not calling a timeout? No. Neither did I. On both cases. Neither way. Neither, Either way. way. Yep. Me too. Murray from behind the arc. No good. Heat win at 111-108. Series tied at one. Heat 11 of 16 from the field in a 36-point fourth quarter. Vincent led the way with 23 on 8 of 12 shooting. 4 of 6 from behind the arc. Butler with 21. Adebayo with 21. Jokic 41-11-4. and four. The 4 is interesting. Let's talk about that in a second. He outscored all of his teammates. Jokic did 28 to 23 in the second half. It's the first Nuggets home loss of the playoffs. They hadn't lost at home since March 30th in the regular season. Denver had been 11 and 0 with a double digit lead in the playoffs. And the final three point tally, the Heat 17 of 35, 48.6% from three. The Nuggets 11 of 28, 39.3%. What have I said many times on this show? All you need to tell me is a three point stat. The Heat were one additional make 
away from having their fifth postseason game of shooting 50% or better from behind the arc. That is sick. It's insane. That is sick. The Golden State Warriors and all their dynasty have had a grand total of four of those. That's how many the Heat have had this postseason. It's wild. Uh, you hit it on with the fourth quarter. They 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 nearly pitched a perfect game in the fourth quarter. That is a you you made fifteen field goals on nineteen possessions. Uh, Heat thirty six points on those nineteen possessions. A, a offensive rating of one eighty nine and a half. So that's one hundred eighty nine and a half points scored per one hundred possessions is what that uh, extrapolates out to. That would be Gil Alexander the most efficient fourth quarter for any team in any game this season. Is that good? That's I'm, good. I'm That's pretty good. What are you yeah. trying to tell me? That's pretty good. Uh, after Miami only had two free throw attempts in game one, the fouls were much more evenly distributed in game two. Bench scoring, remember, I had the big advantage the Nuggets had at the half. It ended up 26-26. Now, here's a couple things we want to get on now, betting and otherwise. First of all, ESPN reporter Ramona Shelburne after the game asked Eric Spolster a question about the blueprint. We said Jokic only had four assists, and so everybody was going around after the game on mainstream media talking about how, oh, they turned Jokic into a score-first guy, and so he didn't distribute it. And the upshot of that is you don't get as many three-point attempts, which we see how much three-point attempts and makes means in this game and every other game in the NBA, but especially here. So Shelburne asked a very legit question, at least based on what everybody else was saying, like, how did you do this? What was the blueprint on stopping Jokic from being a scorer? or from being a distributor, and instead turn him into a scorer. And Spolstra cuts Shelburne off and says, quote, that's ridiculous. It's the untrained eye that says something like that. It's like a brutal response. He goes, this, guy, this guy's an incredible player. Twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on the planet. You just can't say, oh, make him a scorer. That's not how he plays. And then he sort of chuckled, shook his head. He's like, Jokic has our full respect. I think he took that wrong. I think he did, too. That, 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 or, okay, the way I took it was that he took it wrong. Yeah, that's how I took it. That's right. I was like, she wasn't saying that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you believe they actually do have a blueprint and that was the key to that game? I um, kind of do. I don't know if I want to use the word blueprint. Yeah, maybe not a blueprint. But I was, pre- I was pretty critical of Spolster Ashford game one, actually. For mm-hmm. I, I thought it was... I thought the Caleb Martin into the starting lineup was a gamble. Like, I understand why you run out the best five guys that you, that that worked for you in that last series. But we knew size was going to be an issue this entire time for, for this Heat team. And putting Kevin Love in that starting lineup, like, it made a difference right away. Um, so there was that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think there is... For for Denver on the offensive side, I, when you're going into that zone more, it gives more uh, less opportunities for Jamal Murray to work off of that pick and roll that affected him. Um, a lot of guy, a lot of people talked about it after the game last night, but it, it made a real la- a real lack of effort offensively and defensively by Denver yesterday. Yeah. Why don't we hear that? Audio? Yeah, we got Michael Malone here in a sec, but it was the uh, you know offensively, right? It's guys where they were where they were scoring so much first game Gil, where his guys cut into the basket and continued to move. Nobody was moving, so Jokic didn't even have anybody to pass it to, especially in that zone. Here's uh, Michael Malone though talking about that performance last night. Now let's talk about effort. I mean, this is the NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, and you guys probably thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. And tonight, you know, that the starting line- lineup to start the game is 10-2 to 2 Miami. Start the third quarter. They scored 11 points in two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and we just got, you know, we had guys out there that were just 
whether feeling sorry for themselves for not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off, um, this is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA Finals. And that, to me, is really, really perplexing, disappointing. Here's my betting angle for Game 3. Because the Nuggets are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total's 215-and-a-half. 219 were scored in this game. Mm -hmm. The pace was super slow, though. There were only 90 possessions. And they barely go over because of the insane amount of threes that they hit in this game. So this feels like 217 is the number. you got to go under on this. This feels like an under to me. Because that was anomalous, one would think. And then, of course, the Heat are going to stare me down and hit 50% more in the <laughs> next right. game. But that would be my play, the under. Coming back, college baseball next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's he going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a smarter sports better with a VSIN Pro subscription for a limited time. Sign up for just $9.99 and get full access to everything we do, including daily pro picks on all the summer action, including NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24 7 video access, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out on our lowest intro price of the year. Visit slash subscribe to sign up today. Skill Alexander, it's Kelly Bidlin. Brad Porras joins us once again. He's been doing it throughout the uh, college baseball, sort of the last, ha- last stretch of the regular season during the conference tournaments. And now, of course, 
where it's the uh, round of 64, the regionals, heading into the super regionals next week, and then the College World Series. He joins us now, former ball player at the University of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. How you doing, Bradley? What's going on, Gil? I'm doing good, doing good. Let me ask a little, uh Hungover, upset about Clemson, but other than that, doing good. <laughs> so, well, let's talk about Clemson because we all had Clemson plays. Clemson mm-hmm. against Tennessee on Saturday. They're down to their, they're down. Clemson is up two runs, top of the ninth, two out, nobody on. Clemson pitching to Tennessee, single, single, Jack, and ten. And I want to say it was last strike on a on one of these. Yes. Yeah, and then. They end up tying in the bottom of the night, but they end up losing in 14. Just brutality. You had a 200 to 1 on them? I did. Oh, I had 200 to 1. Brutal. I was very emotionally invested in it, too. I mean, I know we have these other teams, you know, with good numbers and good prices, but I just, I was so wrapped up in that one. I felt like it was such a good, such a good bet. I felt like they were playing, playing well. I mean, they were one strike away. Tennessee's playing well, too. It's yep. just, uh, crushing. Thin margin between. Joy, I mean, was a thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. So we all go down with our Clemson <laughs> plays. Uh, we, do have, uh, we do have some of ours left. We'll get to those momentarily, and we'll get to your thoughts on today's remaining regional games. But mm-hmm. before we do this, brief base, just baseball strategy aside. So I'm watching that game, and Clemson got out of a jam. So this, is, this is in the ilk of me, you know, like when I talk basketball, I'm always railing mm-hmm. against teams that don't foul when they're up three in the later stages of football season. We talk about ridiculous coaching moves every week. And, you know, over the years, we talked about teams should be going for it more and more on fourth down. And now that's manifested. Here's my baseball thing. I'm watching the Clemson, Tennessee game. And at one point in a high leverage moment, I want to say the game was tied. Um, Clemson in the middle of an at bat of a Tennessee player changes pitchers. It was a two strike. It was a two, two and two count. And they change pitchers. Bradley, why don't why doesn't this happen more in Major League Baseball? This is the most optimal pitching change you can make, um, especially if you can figure out that you have pitchers that are really great on two strike counts as opposed to other pitchers, or just from the fact that you'll have a, a knuckle, you know, a, a an off speed specialist going out to a fireballer, which is what Clemson did, or the opposite, right? A fireballer to a, to a great slider pitcher just to be able to make the opposing batter uncomfortable. It's totally legal in Major League Baseball. Why don't we see that more? You know, I, I think this is my thoughts on it in Major League Baseball is that it's very much what, like the professional game. They're not as deep into the analytics. I mean, yes, they have like, you know, the closer starting games and stuff. I'm thinking like in, in those, I think that's like so far in the weeds on the analytics that they're just like, why are you taking me out in the middle of my, you know, in the, in the middle of my at bat? Like, let me finish the sitter. Let me like, let me finish the game. You know, I'm not, it's, I have in two strikes. Let me finish it. I think that, um, gosh, couple with the, how many times, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but how many times do you see someone come out of the bullpen and their first pitch or first couple pitches are balls? just trying to find it, get into the groove of the game. Maybe, you know, on that 2-2, they're just – I know they made the change, but you're asking why they don't do it more. Maybe they're afraid that the guy isn't in the rhythm of the game. Well, I, he's going to just that, start throwing balls. It's an interesting know. answer. I think your first part of that answer, which is players' egos, is, like, not yeah. good enough, right? Like, I'd just be like, look, yeah. get over it. This is for the best of the team. Mm-hmm. Because we all see how, like, batters you – know, you're right about – okay, yes, that could happen for sure. It's not a 100% success rate. But we all see how batters – 
first time through the order, second time through the order, right? The more Ted Williams used to say in the science of hitting, the more you see, the more information you get, the better you are against the pitcher. This is the ultimate opposite of that, right? And, and mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know. Anyway, just me thinking, I'm, I'm watching this in the college game, and I'm like, if I were a major league manager, this is the first thing I start doing, like in huge yeah. moments. Anyway, Clemson did it. They did it to, to success against Tennessee. Yeah. Ultimately, it did not matter in that game. So of the there are there are five games on the slate right now today. There could be more. That has to do mm-hmm. with double elimination rules. Is there a play that you like today? You know, I was looking. Um, yeah, there's a couple. I haven't played them yet, but I don't. I don't hate Oregon plus one seventy. I'm sorry, Oregon State plus one seventy against LSU, just purely for the fact that they've already thrown Thatcher Hurd. Um, and who's, who's pitched well other than Paul Skeens this year. I don't really trust anybody else for LSU. I'm not saying LSU can't win, but plus 170 is a, a pretty good price on, on a team that, that can, they can win. I mean, LSU's pitchers have loved giving up runs this year if you're not uh, Paul Skeens. So that, along with you know, the same side of that, LSU can hit over 15.5 would be the look I wouldn't look under in that game for sure. Um, coastal... Coastal and Duke, I mean, the run line, minus one and a half at plus money on Coastal. Um, I think Coastal probably pulls it off. They've played really well at home. They are the, the host for a reason. I'm, I, don't, I just don't think Duke is really that good. They've, they've played well this regional, but I think Coastal gets it done. And with a total at, what, 16 and a half there, there's got to be runs. If Coastal wins, they're probably winning by more than one, I would think. So if you're going to play that game, I'd play the run line. Okay. And then if you if you want to get chalky, Southern Miss, I, I think they take care of Penn. If you want to get chalky, Southern Miss against Penn. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss a minus 210 favorite in that game. And again, for those wondering, you know, why are they still playing regional games? It has to do with double elimination, and so it has to play out. And, and there's about, well, I said five. There's about seven regions where there's still games going on. And there could be, in some of the cases, another game after that today. Um, so mm-hmm. that will wrap up the regionals, and then we'll head to the super regionals next week, which will get us down to the round of 16. By the way, the brackets get even more funky when we get down to eight in the actual College World Series, but we'll we'll uh, climb that hill when we get to it. So of your remaining, before we get to what you would recommend now, if somebody was landing on this right now, of your remaining futures, which are the ones that you feel the best about? Probably Texas. Me too. By far, the way that they're playing. They, they're, they're playing well. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's a little something that Miami Coral Gables Regional is a springboard. <laughs> I said the same thing. The trophy. That's yeah. right. Uh, I think they they play. I mean, they're playing. Again, I wasn't a big Miami fan. I didn't. I mean, I love Twitter. I love catching so much crap about things on Twitter. I wasn't a big Miami fan, and so in all fairness, I don't think Texas had the hardest regional to have to play. But they looked really good. They looked really good, and they're going to play Stanford or Texas A and M. We have the Aggies, which the Aggies have had trouble pitching. And, hey, politics. Yo, I love I don't know if mm-hmm. you were thinking about going here, but with the who gets the Super Regional, we'll have a couple of those. Southern Miss wins today. Southern Miss and Tennessee, 2-2 two, two seeds. Texas and Texas A&M, Texas A&M wins today, 2-2 two, two seeds. Who gets the Super Regional bid? Politics. They've got a bid for it. Yeah. They've got a bid for it. they got a bid They've for it. They got to bid for a comment. Yes, the resume is to take into account, but they've also got to bid for the. They got to put put in like the facilities and the hotel arrangements and and the media and everything. They've got to put together a bit of what we can do to host this, 
and a committee decides it. So, I mean, I mean, I know we have Texas and Texas A&M, but I, I love that. I love the fact that it's all coming back to why we get on Texas. Yeah, we also, you know, to start. we also have Alabama, which would be awkward for everybody if <laughs> Alabama won, but not for us. But I, I'm with you, Texas. I also <laughs> made the comparison to the Coral Gables Regional again, Ole Miss, which we hit at 100-1 to 1 last year. Uh, we have Texas at 60-1, to 1, also coming out of the Coral Gables region. So maybe there is lightning that's going to strike twice uh, here in mm-hmm. two years. And Texas, the only team that we both had both years last year and this year. Um, so if someone's <laughs> landing on this right now and they're like, okay, that's great, but I want to make a bet right now. Wake Forest, the short shot going into this, just has looked phenomenal here over the last few days. What do, yeah. you, what do you say to the better right now? What's the play? Mm, okay, go back to Wake Forest again. I know. I, 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 don't, I just don't want to sound like a hater because they are good, but it's still too short for me. And they have looked, they did look phenomenal this weekend, but I didn't think their regional was that tough. Like Northeastern played well this year. Maryland played with George Mason, like got hot in the tournament, but I'm not scared of any of those teams. So I, I, I will be very interested to see the 16th seed Alabama play Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest wins, but it wouldn't surprise me if Alabama wins. Um, Landing on it today, there's, only, there's two teams for two different reasons. As much as I, I just kind of want to throw up in my mouth when I say this, but depending on the number, Tennessee would probably have to be. You land here today. Um, I don't. I haven't seen any 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 of the numbers right now, but Tennessee would be a look because they're playing so well. And then uh, this one on the other side of the bracket, because of their path, they are playing well, but their path. I think you could look at Virginia. Because Coastal Carolina plays better at home than on the road. They'll get Coastal probably. Those other two bottom brackets with Oral Roberts and stuff, I, they're not that tough. I'd look Virginia or Tennessee if you're lining there today. Brad, appreciate it, man. Tennessee and Virginia were the answers <laughs> to that in case you missed the audio. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Bradley Porras, at Bradley Porras, P-O-R-R-A-S, on the old Twitter machine for his college baseball thoughts. Andy McNeil, as the Knights are up one nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's next. Game on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, is ready for the final. Sign up using code VSIN and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Enjoy a wide variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and boosted odd specials during the championship series and find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with bonus code VSIN and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices 21 and over. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Promotional offers not available in Nevada, New York, Ontario, and Washington, D.C. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-H-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, that's Hope, New York, 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Skill Alexander, it's Kelly Bidlin. By the way, uh, before we get to Andy McNeil and Stanley Cup Final. By the way, it's Stanley Cup Finals. Wait, Stanley Cup Final, NBA Finals, plural. Yeah. Have we discussed this before? No, we haven't. The NBA, it's plural. The NHL, it's singular. The one I couldn't remember was, I always, I always remember them calling the Eastern Conference and Western Conference the final, but then I couldn't remember if it was Stanley Cup Finals or the final again. I'm telling you, man. 
Uh, before we get to Andy, shout out to Jason Weingarten. Oh, yeah. From under a cloud of smoke, Jason came – by the way, he, he reminded me. to ask you about this. When he had the Jordan Alvarez bet, which he hit uh, years ago for – what was that at the time? Rookie of the year, I guess it was. And it was a 200-to-1 shot. It was like at the very end of a segment I did with him. He goes, oh, one more thing. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. It was like a Columbo thing where he's like, eh, one more thing. Uh, he goes, 200-to-1, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, he did this with the LPGA Tour. By the way, uh, Boomerizzle tweets, thank you, Jason, for pausing on Gil's show to mention Rose Zhang mm-hmm. at 16-to-1 live on Thursday. Let's go. Uh, also from, uh, this is from long underscore on underscore Yuga. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for the Rose Info Pure Gold. I got this live after round one. Best bet of my life to date. Thank you both so much. This is why you don't miss a numbers game, people. Rose Zhang wins her inaugural LPGA tournament. How about that? Just won an NCAA championship. That's... Wins it up in the wins the first event. She tees it up uh, in the first person to do that since someone in 1951. I don't know. Oh, that. Oh, that's person. that lady. That person. Uh, Mizuho America's Open. And uh, Jersey City, she wins in a playoff against Jennifer Kupcho. She wins it. And Rose Zhang from Stanford in her first LPGA tournament at the age of 20 pockets $412,500. Uh, uh, incredible golf stories this weekend. I know we're going to touch on golf with Wes, too. But did you catch, catch the Victor Hovland thing today? Which, Victor Hovland, after winning yesterday the oh, Memorial yes. in $3.6 million dollars, is caddying for one of his former Oklahoma State teammates in a 36-hole U.S. Open qualifier today. That's awesome. Speaking of money, Scotty Scheffler finishes third, because he always does. He pockets $1.3-plus million. He is now averaging close just to a million. He's averaging a million dollars a tournament, this guy. Yeah, pretty incredible. For the entire year so far. It's pretty amazing for a guy who can't putt. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Let's talk some hockey. Andy McNeil joins us, that digital gambler from north of the border in Edmonton, Alberta. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing pretty good, Gil. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I wish they would talk more about the money on, on these golf broadcasts. So much more interesting. Um, trivia question before we start. I'm asking this of everybody. Can you name the seven Golden Knights who were on the first Stanley Cup Finals team their first year that still play with them today? All oh, right, Marcia Smith, uh, Theodore. God, I'm I'm already running out of things. Donovan McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to try that. <laughs> Kelly said Donovan yeah, McNabb. Braden McNabb. Yeah. Uh, who who did we not mention? Braden McNabb. Do you say Shea Theodore? You already say Shea Theodore. Yeah, I said Theodore. Uh, Carlson, did you say yes? Let me get the whole oh, list. Oh, I here. forgot about Wild Bill. Yeah, Wild, Wild Bill, Bill Carlson. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> William Carrier. Carrier, yeah, see, look, all the, it's all flooding back. And now. then the seventh one, which is the trick to the question. So the sixth, the sixth, Marsh saw McNabb, Carlson, Carrier, Theodore, and Smith. That's who most people would guess. But yeah. one guy played for one game in their first season and then didn't play in the postseason. And that would be Zach Whitecloud. That's the key to the trivia question. There you go. Oh, all right. And now he's making a big impact. Winner in game one. He gave, yes, indeed. And the Golden Knights win it five to two. It's game two tonight here in Las Vegas. Um, what was your big takeaway from game one? Well, I, th- I think my big takeaway was just that uh, Vegas continued to be a, a resilient team, strong at even strength, uh, you know, didn't didn't uh, didn't get too rattled uh, after, you know, after allowing the first goal or allowing that late second period goal that uh, that Florida tied the game with. 
uh, and and they stuck with it. And and I think that's the, the the biggest takeaway is that I mean Florida had all that time off. They they were they were fresh, and you could tell early in that game. I think the Panthers had all the jump in that first period, but uh, Vegas really uh, really settled down and and got into their back into the playing their game, and and it worked out for them. I think I mean the biggest uh, the biggest thing for me is that they, they were able to beat Sergei Bobrovsky four times, which is something that, that no team has been able to do since the Boston Bruins back early in the first round. So this is from the untrained eye. Let me ask you a question about that. Because the first, like within the first six minutes, Bobrovsky makes this unbelievable point blank save where you're like, oh my God, they're never scoring. And then the Knights, like a couple of their, of the Golden Knights goals were from a longer distance where it appeared that Bobrovsky was probably obscured. Is that the whole key to it? Is it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, Vegas does a great job at creating chaos in front of the net. They've scored the most high danger goals of any team uh, in the NHL playoffs this season, and and that's going to be a big problem for Bobrovsky. We saw it in Game One. They they he had to make some some very uh, desperate saves, as did Aiden Hill. But um, Vegas is is just uh, just the strong, such a strong team at even strength, and and I mean their depth. We saw. How many different players score in game one uh, and and just got got contributions from all through their lineup. And and I think uh, that's for me, you look at the even strength scoring in the playoffs, Vegas heading into the Stanley Cup final had six out of the top 10 players uh, in even strength scoring. You know, the two top goal scorers in William Carlson and 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 uh, and Jonathan Marcheseau with nine even strength goals each. So um, just just so much depth there for for the Golden Knights, and it's going to be really hard for the Panthers to contend with that. So this is different, but it's similar. We're talking about the NBA series, and we're like, okay, well, this, it comes down to three points. You know, if the Heat are going to shoot lights out, the Heat have a shot. If they're not, eh, probably not. The Nuggets are the better team. So in the same way that you can't really predict that, can you predict Bobrovsky in that way? Well, it's just, I mean, this is, you look at Vegas and who they played so far in the playoffs and they didn't really play any really stout defensive or they played a lot of stout defensive teams. Sorry, like Seattle and Dallas, they were really good defensive teams in the regular season. The, the Florida Panthers, not so much. Uh, they've been allowing, you know, upwards of 33, 34 shots per game in the playoffs and Vegas hasn't played a team like this yet. So I think, um, I think the golden Knights are going to generate a whole lot more offense in this series. And, and therefore they're going to, they're going to test Bobrovsky a lot more, uh, that maybe some of the other teams have and and in, in the in pass rounds. Okay, so the Golden Knights minus two twenty on the series adjusted price. Panthers plus one eighty on the comeback. Uh, once again for game two, the Knights are minus one thirty five. The total obviously at five and a half. What I mean, what's your play here, either in the game or in the series? Do you have a prop bet or two? So my fair price for game two is uh, minus 138. So not really any interest there from a betting perspective. I think the Golden Knights should be around minus 270 on the series price. Um, as you guys know, I, I came into the, 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 the final with a bet on the, the Golden mm -hmm. Knights to win the series at minus 130. So I'm not really interested in that. I wouldn't recommend laying a big price at this point. There were plenty of opportunities to get down on this team. Uh, it would seem like a, a bad time to, to try to jump in, but um, some some plus EV there, uh, nonetheless. I do have a few prop bets, though. So I hit on both of my shot props in game one with Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, both going over two and a half shots, um, both at plus money. I'm on both of those guys again. Uh, they both attempted six shots in the game. They both hit the nets three times, as mentioned. 
Uh, and and both players are listed at plus 120 if you if you shop around. And I'm also on Mark Stone uh, to go over two and a half shots. I, I think, you know, you, you consider what Stone had to come back from all the time that he missed, the surgery, et cetera. Um, he was a, a big-time player in the first round versus Winnipeg, but I think he got a little bit quiet uh, in the second or third round, but he was still generating um, a lot of shot attempts. And, and lately, he's been hitting the net a lot more, and he's hit, hit the net seven times in game one. This guy really wants to, to win this Stanley Cup, and I think he's going to continue to drive play in that respect. Uh, so you can get him over two and a half shots at plus 110. All right, real quick, 10, 15 seconds. Obviously, it doesn't end after one game, but if it did... Who's the Con Smythe winner for the for the Golden Knights? It's tough. I mean, it's it's like I mean, it's really going to come down to personal preference, I think. And and I think at this point, and given the big goal that he scored in Game One, a lot of people are probably going to give Jonathan Marchessault a, a hard look. So mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, Jack Eichel's been pretty quiet the last uh, last five or six games. So um, you know, Marchessault. I mean, he keeps showing up in these big time moments and, okay. and I think he's going to get some respect here. Plus 450 on Marchessault right now at DraftKings. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Spanky next. Bet Bash 3. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.